But we need to apply what we learn. We need to read our word. We need to commune with the Holy Spirit, okay? All right. So point number one, I'm going to give you three points. Point number one, I want you to know that our battle is never against people. You need to say that. The battle is never against people. Okay, let's get some scripture behind that. Ephesians 6, verse 10 to 12. This is our this is our key text anyway for this series. Um, but it says this. Be strong, finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. The schemes of who? Your husband? Your wife? The little old lady at church that keeps annoying you about how loud you sing? No! The schemes of who? The devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. We need to realise that our problem is never people. Our battle is not with people. There's a larger realm at play. Alright? There's a very real kingdom of light and a very real kingdom of darkness and they are at war. Alright? Anyone who is not born again is subject to be influenced by the kingdom of darkness. That's just how it is. Likewise, this might ruffle a few feathers. I want to say this right. <laughs> Get it right. Anyone who is saved but has not submitted and surrendered every area of their life to the Lordship of Jesus also opens the door to be influenced by darkness. I'm not saying they are darkness. I'm just saying you can be influenced by darkness as a believer if you choose to believe the lies, the fiery darts that come at you, or if there's areas of your life that you haven't laid down to the Lordship of Jesus. Is that okay? Can we say that? All right. So I want you to open your eyes. There's a spiritual realm, and the battle is not against people. Um, I remember when this became crystal clear to me, I'd been having a day where there was a certain person who was poking at me all day. Poke, 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 poke. And I've learned to not respond with, why are you doing that to me? But it was poke, 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 poke. And then it got to a bit of a climax where this person like, did like cranky eyes, did the cranky eyes. Um, and they said, I don't even see Christ in you. Oh, that was like a dagger through my heart. And I was like, oh, and I think I burst into tears. And I also remember I had to be somewhere. So I jumped in the car and I'm driving and I'm like, and I'm talking to the father. Note. When things go down, you need 
to talk to the Father first. So I'm talking to the Father and I'm like, Father, all I care about is knowing you and having Christ formed in me. This is the conversation I'm having. This is all that matters in my life. I've just been told they can't even see Christ in me. Am I deceived? <laughs> I'm bawling. And the father was so kind to speak. And he just said, Naomi, I became a man and walked on the earth and they didn't see Christ in me. <laughs> You're in good company. <laughs> oh. And so then it was like, oh. And he's like, that wasn't actually that person speaking. A demon just spoke to you. And I was like, oh, of course. They weren't born again. They didn't even know that language. It all became very, very clear, just like that. A word from the Father. All of a sudden it didn't hurt anymore because it wasn't even about me. It, there's a bigger picture at play. There's darkness and light. The darkness is hating that the light's shining. And so Jesus was like, you're in good company, girls. You just keep on shining. There's, there's, a real, there's a battle and it's never, ever people. So automatically I could see that person crystal clear. I was like, Father, they don't even know what they're saying. I bless them. I pray that you would bless them. I pray that they'd have a revelation of you. I pray that they would know you. And boom, I get on with my day. My life isn't sidetracked. I'm still okay. It's never about people. Point number two. We need to see people through the eyes of the Spirit. 2 Corinthians 5.16. Let's go there. It says, for the love of Christ controls us. What controls us? The love of Christ. Man, I'm just going to stop there. If we're going to have the love of Christ controlling us, we need to be receiving the love of Christ. <laughs> you need to receive the love of Christ in order for it to control you. Because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died and he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Man, what's he saying? He's like, Jesus has died for all. Jesus has died for all. And anyone who chooses to follow him, they lay down their life. They don't live for themselves. They live for Jesus. And for that reason, we don't regard people according to the flesh. We regard them according to the spirit. We see them the way God sees them. That's the invitation. To see what God sees about people. Every person is worth the blood of Jesus. They're as valuable to him as as I am, as you are, every single person. So that means I'm not going to see you according to your behaviour. Yeah. If Julio, if he's behaving, I'm going to say this about Julio because he would never do this. 
But if Julio is behaving in a way that is hurtful to me, it's just because he's failing he's failing to see clear. Yeah. Or it's just because he's he's forgotten who he is. Or even worse, it's just because he doesn't even know the truth. Yeah. And he's in complete darkness. And my goodness, instead of my judgment and my running to Sarah and being like, oh, I can't believe what Julio said to me today. Instead of that, I need to be on my knees praying for Julio if he's in darkness. Man, we get so bent out of shape about what people say and do. We let it steal our joy and peace. And instead of fixing our minds on the things above, we're fixing our minds on what Julio said or what happened yesterday and you hop in the shower all of a sudden it's like in your brain you're having little conversations and what are you going to say to that person next time does it did anyone used to live that way has anyone ever been there like i used to live that way it's ridiculous and all of a sudden the whole week's gone and you're just replaying conversations in your head for a whole week it's so gross until I got a clear perspective about people until the Lord fathered me and showed me how to deal with these situations. And a really good tool for you to just put in your belt is to imagine a coin. And on one side is the face of Jesus. And on the other side is your face. And 1 John 4, 17 says, As he is, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we in this world. Okay, so that means that if I have thoughts or want to say something about someone, I need to be able to flip that coin and have those words come out of the mouth of Jesus. Ouch. And if it doesn't sound any good coming out of the mouth of Jesus, then it shouldn't be coming out of my mouth. Does that make sense? As he is, so are we. As he is, so are we. And so if you find yourself, it's just like a check. And it's like, oh, hang on. I'm not seeing clear right now. So what do you do? You go to the Father. You say, Father, I'm not seeing this situation clear. Can you help me? What do you see about this person? What do I say? What do I do now? I release this. I cast my cares on you. And I get on with my day thinking on things above, not thinking on what someone said to me or how someone did me wrong. Man, we need to be diligent to catch these thoughts because they distract us. Man, we need to submit our thought life to the Lordship of Jesus. Remember, Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So therefore, I don't have a right to think about whatever I want to think about. I have a right to set my mind on things that are above. Where Christ is seated, 
lordship issue sometimes. That's what it comes down to. It's a lordship issue. Are you going to allow another person to be the Lord of your life and decide what you're thinking about? Or are you going to allow Jesus to be Lord of your life? Romans 10.9, we all know it. If anyone confesses that Jesus is Lord and believes in his heart that he's been raised from the dead, you'll be saved. All right, that word Lord, though, feel like we gloss over it and people are like, come to Jesus, put your hand up, you'll be saved. That word Lord means, it's the Greek word kairos, and it means supreme in authority. It means master. It means controller. It means the thing to whom a person or thing belongs. So if Jesus is your Lord, then he's your master. He's who you belong to. You don't belong to yourself anymore. We've got to get that. I feel like we get derailed so easily because we haven't actually settled the Lordship of Jesus and we're too comfortable walking along in our flesh rather than submitting to the Spirit. I could go on about, I could rather on about that all day, but we're just going to leave it there. Oh, I'll tell you one more thing. We were talking about this in our church group on Wednesday, and one of the beautiful ladies just brought up a little um, one-liner that has stuck with her. And she said, if Jesus is the Lord of my life, then I give him my rights, my resources, and my relationships. Three hours. Rights, resources, relationships. Is he really the Lord of these things in your life? Let's make sure he is. All right, so point two, what was it? See people after the spirit. Point number three. Follow the example of Jesus. As he is so we in this world. Be motivated by love. Walk in humility. Philippians 2, verse 3 to 10. It says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. So that's not who you are. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Man, imagine the church of Jesus Christ if every single person that said that they're a Christian counts others more significant than themselves. Imagine what it might look like. Let each of you look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. It's saying you can have this mind that Jesus had. And this is the mind of Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Far out. This is our example. He was there when the world was created. And he didn't come with a fanfare or into a fancy palace. 
He was born in a stable. We know the story. Man, and then he submitted himself to the torture of the cross. That's our example. Every time you think you've got rights, you go back and you read Philippians 2. You actually don't have rights if, if he's your Lord. So what do I do with scripture like this? Well, the first thing I'll do is I'll colour it in purple because it's, it's telling me who I am. It's an identity scripture. So colour it in purple. And then I'll read it. And I won't just read it once. I'll read that chapter again and again and again until I like feel like Holy Spirit's like, all right, you've got that one now. You can move on to the next chapter. I won't just like skim over it. And I'll stop and I'll be like, oh, read the first line. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. So I'll talk to the Lord about it. I'll use it as a springboard for intimacy. Thank you, Lord, that I'm delivered from having a selfish nature. Thank you that I'm not selfish or conceitful. And I'll just be like, Father, if there's any ever any pride in me, rip it out. I don't want it there. Don't let me partner with pride. And then I'll be like, oh, Father, help me to count others more significant than myself. Help me to see them, Father. Help me to care about the things that, that they care about. Help me to put them first. Imagine a church that would do this. Imagine what it might look like. Intimacy. Let's learn to be intimate with the Lord using the scriptures, yeah? Um, I have one more story. Are we on point three? Yeah. I'm just checking the time. Alright. <clears throat> have one more story. Um, <clears throat> this was a little um, this was a little heated moment, we'll call it, with my husband. For the life of me, what happened or what the conversation was about. And I believe it's because love takes no record of wrongs. I remember this because I met the father because of it and he um, gave me a truth. Does that make sense? So I wish I could tell you, he said that and I said this and blah, blah, blah. I can't tell you. I actually don't know. But there was a, for some reason, there was like a disagreement or whatever. And I had to go and pick one of the kids up. So I jumped in the car and again, I'm in the car and I'm like, <laughs> And I'm going down the track of, this isn't fair, how dare he, like that track of thought. He never, he never sees my point of view. I'm all alone, blah, blah, blah. Just a yuck way of thinking. And I had been quite free of that way of thinking for quite some time. So it only took a few minutes where then my heart, the peace that I carry in my heart, I started to not feel peace. And I was like, oh, yuck. I stopped myself. I caught it. I was like, oh, that Jesus would not be saying these things right now. So I caught it. And so automatically I put my attention on the Father. 
And I was like, Lord, I'm just going to centre myself on you right now. I need to hear your voice. I need um, whatever. And I started to just like pour out my heart to him. Had a cry. Had a good cry with the Lord. I'm like, feel, feel like this, feel like that, blah, blah, blah. And anyway, I got to, was right in front of Love Miller McDonald's. And I'm just like, I got to the point of processed with the Lord, I suppose we'd say. Processed. And I was just like, I submit my heart to you, Lord. I submit the way I feel to you. You're the Lord of my life. And in that moment, the Lord, it was as if the Lord came into my car. The heavy, weighty presence of God. Has anyone experienced the heavy, weighty presence of God where then I was bawling because God's in the car. Not, I couldn't even remember what I was bawling about before. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Father, you're so good. And I'm, um, so then I asked him a question. I'm like, what do I do now? One of your greatest little tools to put in your belt when you're having people problems. What do I do now? And he just said, Naomi, you overcome evil good. You overcome evil good. And I, then I'm bawling because I'm like, oh, your ways are so much harder than my ways. You're amazing. He's so very kind and he so, so loves to guide us in those situations and he always gives us wisdom. Amen. I just do want to say one thing. I, I don't want you to hear what I'm not saying. Abuse of any kind is not okay. Okay, if there's emotional, mental, um, sexual, physical abuse, that is not where you're just like, oh, I just see you according to the spirit. We will, you're still loved by God. Okay, but there needs to be a boundary and you need to be safe. Can we just make that very clear? I'm not saying that we excuse people's poor behaviour. Is that okay? I just wanted to put that in there so people don't be like, but what about this hectic situation? Man. Alright, so what do we do? This is super easy. The Bible makes it really clear. I feel like if everyone became Philippians 2, we wouldn't have any issues, ever. Okay, but if we do have an issue, Matthew 18, 15 to 17, tells us what to do. It says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Boom. Communication. We talk about it. It doesn't say go and talk to Mary and Sue and Eleanor and then go and talk to the person. Because that's gossip. No. You've got an issue with someone. And this is talking about a sin issue. If there's a sin issue, we need to talk to the person. If there's a you annoy me issue, you need to talk to the person. It's the same principle. Can I just submit to you? We still don't go talk to 
five other people, we talk to the person and we clear up the misunderstanding or whatever. Does that make sense? Is that super easy? If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you. We don't take immature people who are going to have their perspectives muddy because of something that's going on, okay? You take some mature people in the faith who can see that person clear despite what they're doing. Does that make sense? And if, he, if they still don't listen, then you tell it to the church. Okay? And then if they don't listen to the church, then it's like, alright, you leave them in their sin. We've tried to warn you or whatever. And we'll pray for you. Because you're in darkness. Is that easy? How easy is that? Communication fixes things. Alright, a few rapid fire scriptures. Colossians 3.13 it says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you must also forgive. And above all, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. It's not by your fancy church service. 
or your evangelistic campaign and shredding. I'm not saying those things are bad. How will the world know that we're his disciples? It's by the love that we that we share between one another. It should look so different from the world that people should look at us and be like, what the heck is this? The way they speak about each other, the way they build each other up, the way they love each other, the way they care for one another, the way they come around each other as a community and bear one another's burdens. Man, that, that is so attractive to the world. Because all the world sees is gross, <laughs> backbiting and jealousy and gossip and stuff. It's gross. Please, please, church, don't let that into the church. Yeah. We're called to walk higher than that. Yeah. We're called to be known for our love. And, and we so can if we just apply these, these three things. Amen? We have to be about reaching the lost. We just do. There's a whole world that don't, that don't know him. There's a city out there that needs to be saved. Let's put on our love this week. Amen?